Welcome back to the Pods Run Play podcast. We're hyped to have you here. We're actually doing a fun recap episode of a film series that most everyone has already seen before, The Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. However, we have a guest tonight, another special guest, and Vince, I'm going to let you go ahead and do the introductions. I don't know who this guy is. I thought you guys invited him. What? Ah. Someone just left the door open. Yeah, you were just out there in the front yard. Like, you had a metal detector before, and then you just eventually made it in here. That's true. This is my, my, not my equal, my better when it comes to nerd (laughs) stuff. Tyler, you are the the expert that I go to. You are the guy who I reach out to anytime I want to talk about comic book movies. Tyler Lambert, everybody. Wow, I'm honored. I did not expect a full introduction like that, so I hope I can live up to anything that we can talk about today. Oh, we um, have deep lore questions, oh so you gosh, better be oh prepped. No, not really. <laughs> I was like, I don't. Um, but anyhow, we got the standard cast here. We got Josh. How you doing, man? Doing excellent. Vince, how, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. Casey, how you doing, man? Great, thank you. Um, we're all here. We're all having a good time. Um, Josh, what have you been up to lately as far as movie-wise goes? Um... So I've been, so you guys know I've been on my rewatch of Better Call Saul and season six is on Netflix, which a lot of people are probably watching season six for the first time right now. And I'm super happy for those people. And I'm on my second time. Is it out on anything yet? Netflix. It just, it it just came out on Netflix like Tuesday, I think. God, I got too many things to catch up on. I know there's like so much. And so it's like, I don't. Don't worry, I won't push you, but I know that you're one of them who hasn't seen season six yet. And no, because I was literally waiting to, to binge. Like, right. That's how I've done all the other seasons. And it's all there, because even though they released, like, the first half, they did, like, week to week for a while, and then there was, like, a four- or five-month break or something like that, because they took a break filming, because Bob Odenkirk, like, had a heart attack and stuff like that, right? But they just, it's all on Netflix. So Yay. the final season of Better Call Saul is there, and I've been rewatching that. I'm not super far into it, but... I'm doing that. Um, I finished from when we last recorded. I finished or I'm up to date on Yellow Jackets, and it's still great. Really uh, like I it. can chime in there. I started Yellow Jackets. Ooh. I think I'm on episode four. Well, you're already like, pretty far into it. Um, have you guys seen Yellow Jackets? Where it, can you where can you watch it? Isn't it on Showtime? Show- oh, yeah. you, have to, you have to like subscribe to Showtime. Well, you, you can do a seven day free trial, oh, okay. and there's That's one episode or there's one season, and then now they're up to four episodes of the second season, but they're releasing weekly. And so I did. I watched. I got like a free trial, and I binged the whole first, <laughs> of the first. The first season and then the first four episodes, whatever, during that free trial. And now I've stopped and I can't decide if I just want to like make a ton of burger emails for each week. <laughs> I mean, Showtime, I'd obviously pay for your service. You could sponsor a Showtime and we yep. do it anytime. And we'd watch it and put your logo on here. It's pretty <laughs> but, cool. It's like, uh, how is it the way they described it? Um, I Because te- I'm I'm watching it. My cousin's the one who re- recommended it, right? So I hit him mm-hmm. up. I was like, this show is brutal, man. It's like oh. Lord of the Flies. He's like, exactly. Lord of the Flies meets Lost. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's I think the f- the pilot's been my favorite episode so far, which surprises me because usually pilots are like, eh, you know? I mean, I guess mostly with sitcoms, the pilots are kind of like the weaker, weakest episode. <clears throat> this one gets you hooked right from the get-go. Oh, definitely. And I love that it does the back and forth as far as like timelines go. Yeah. Because then that can give you expectations, but then it also can do a very good job, like non-spoiler your way, at like subverting your expectations later. Because obviously, like any good show was, 
when you have people in the past and you're wondering if they'll make it to the future, but there's a timeline in the future, like they'll be very specific about like what details they give to you so that you like think that things in the past are going to go a certain way because you're like, I know who survives in the future or whatnot, but they try to like, you know, like any good, like mind bendy TV show would like try to do. They like kind of warp that. Yeah. It's cool. So, it's, it's really awesomely ca- cast. I don't know any of these girls. I've never seen them on anything else except for maybe the redhead. I don't remember her name. Um, the one who plays, uh, I want to say it's Thaisa, right? She's in, have you, have you been keeping up on Scream? I think she's not. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought you were. She's in like the more recent Scream movies. Okay, Scream I haven't seen the Scream new one six, yet. I think. I saw five. I think she's But she's five. great. Maybe that's where I recognize her from, but she's she's good. Every one of them is good, like. I'm really enjoying the show so far. Yeah, the one who plays the, I forget what her name is right now. I can't think. The one who plays like the kind of like goth one. like Oh, that's who you're talking about? No, that's oh, not oh, what I'm oh. talking about. But that that um, actress, the one who plays the teenage actress, I think she does a phenomenal job mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. That was good. Anyways, Yellow Jacket's really mind-bending. Really good one that I love. Better Call Saul. And then uh, Vince and I went and saw Bo is Afraid at A24. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> wildest (laughs) i don't even know what to say (laughs) was it was it kind of just a wild film like i i've heard a number of things about it i haven't like so just just coming from it i love a24 i love ari aster i have not watched a single preview for this movie so i know nothing about what is but when i've been looking through the interwebs People are saying a lot of things, and they're like, oh, this, oh, that. And I'm like, what do I believe? So as to not influence anything, I left out what people are saying, but what are you guys saying? What's your thoughts? Um, The more that I think about it, the more I kind of, like, understand, because there's actually kind of a lot of love for this movie, like, across the web. It has good scores, good – it has – Decent scores on Rotten Tomatoes, like 75 critics, 72 audience. But to be fair, it did just come out. I kind of expect the audience score to probably drop a little bit as it yeah, actually we'll see. kind of releases. Because we'll we saw it in the, like a early yeah. release, like a couple days before the actual release date, which is uh, kind of today. Tonight. It's technically tomorrow, right? But tonight, because tonight's Thursday. Um, and so I feel like as more people see it and we'll just kind of be dissatisfied with the kind of like... In, in a non-spoiler way, like, the continuity and easiness to follow of a plot line, I guess, or if lack, that makes sense. I guess there's a plot line. I was uh, going to say, or lack of a plot line? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's literally just about going through and experiencing yeah. these kind of crazy, I wouldn't say, like, psychedelic, but, like... Surreal. Surreal and... You know, the words I always use are atmosphere, right? Ari Aster and what he can do with atmosphere. And it's really interesting because in this movie, he kind of broadens that from just like a horrific atmosphere to he has moments that are like calming atmospheres and almost like loving atmospheres and stuff like that. And the crazy, confused, horrific still atmospheres and stuff like that. And those moments where he can do that, those moments are really incredible, Mm -hmm. right? Like I still have a few different, you know, moments from the movie that are in my mind. And I was like, the way that they did it and they set it up and the way that it felt was truly just amazing. Mm -hmm. And it was so crazy the way that he can just make you feel within a certain like, you know, few minutes section in a movie. My biggest, I guess, gripe was with the, Except for like the very, very, very end. The movie is three hours long. 
I was going like, to ask how long it was because I yeah. heard it was over three hours. <laughs> it's about so. three. It's three hours, and just that last. You can feel it. Yeah, it. You can tell okay. that it's three. Once you're getting to the end there, and luckily, like the very very end, kind of like you know does a little something different and whatnot. And so I was kind of like I liked like that's the, the end, thing end. is like every section. It's like it's very different than the section before it. And so every time it's just like rebooted my interest over and over again, where it got to the point where I was just like starting to feel a little laggy here, then it would switch to a different scenario or, or, or situation. And then it would get my attention again for a little while. And then I'd lose kind of start to fall off. It's like a roller coaster of, and the second to last (laughs) section just kind of lost my interest very quickly. And it was already what, two and a half, two hours and 20 minutes into the movie. So, like, that before the final section was just, like, dragging, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. my gosh. And I kind of went into it trying to follow a plot line and kind of be like, oh, there's going to be all these crazy things that connect and stuff like that. And there are things that connect and stuff you can find on the internet and whatnot, but just, like, if you're going to go see Bo is Afraid, just, like, go and be ready to experience that atmosphere that he can create, right? Like, you can go, like, pay attention to the movie and stuff like that, but don't... Don't try to solve Don't it. overhaul your brain trying to, like, follow what's happening and connect the dots. Yeah. Just, like, let the movie happen and, like, experience it. You still might like it, you might not like it, but just kind of, like, go in with that mindset. That was one of the reliefs that I had when it ended because I spent the entire time trying to, like figure out what was going on and the that's one of the first things that i read after i got out was this guy's review and it says um it's important to remember bo is afraid is not a puzzle to be solved or a mystery to be unlocked that's by design sink into it and don't try to pick it apart and you'll get it get stuck on the details and you'll lose the plot so it's basically like josh been saying just go in for the ride don't try to solve it and like i said it was a relief for me because i it ended i was just like am i an idiot <laughs> I, I didn't get it. Like this went over my head. Why am I not? Why didn't I understand? Why couldn't I connect these these events together to make a solid like message or something? You know. And then I walked out, and that's pretty much everyone's reaction is just like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> so is pretty much all the other uh, Ari Aster movies have been like horror centered. Yeah. Is there like got... any? Is it more? I've heard it's more of like a black comedy. Yeah. Like kind of. It's funny. Oh, or it is. is it, it's like, funny. Funny versus like anything. Is there anything scary in it? Or yes. Is it, okay. There's that. Uh, I wouldn't say there's anything scary. There is one scene that has the atmosphere of a horror, but it's not for very long. And definitely. It, and it. Well, and there's really like. Say about it. And there's also like horrific things that happen. I guess. Just like I guess it might not be like too horror based where it's you're not like oh I'm in like a it's dark not like hereditary room where you're like oh man what's going on yeah exactly or just like of it or whatever okay. yeah no so there's not anything that's like insanely horror driven especially in like modern like kind yeah. of horror expectations because we know Ari Aster with like Midsommar and whatnot right he can create horror in the brightest of settings right and so it's like there's scary stuff in it but it's more just so like how you kind of feel and how you think yeah. about what's going on and whatnot. Okay. Nothing that's too like stuff like that. There is some stuff that can be kind of uh, graphic, I guess. Lots. Yeah. Stuff. There's <laughs> lots of stuff. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> both in a, some violent and also sometimes sexual way. There lot, can be yeah. like graphic stuff. There's lots of stuff in the background, just like dirty language, like, oh, yeah. like very stuff that's going to shock, you know, shock and awe is kind of a lot of that stuff is just like yeah. very, it's it was interesting. It was, it was. I don't regret seeing it, 
I won't recommend it to anyone. Yeah. Either you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. And I can't imagine it's going to make its money back. And it's the most expensive A24 movie ever made. So oh, yeah, because just the production on that. Yeah, crazy. It's, it's really cool. But it's going to be interesting to see how it all goes down, like how it's received. Um, it's got definite like cult classic written all over it, you know, for the people who love it are going to love it and are going to yeah. pick it apart. And then most people are going to be like, what the crap was that? I wasted three hours of my life. <laughs> Feels I'm like somewhere in the middle there. <laughs> a college a college professor will make you watch it. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> what did you get out of this movie? Please tell us. You need to write a 10 page paper on this movie, please. Uh, Tyler, what yeah. have you been watching lately? I know I put this putting you on the spot. Um, oh, outside of what we were talking about today, um, I don't, I don't have a lot of time to watch a ton of stuff just because we have three kids. So for the most part, they get kind of free reign of the <laughs> like the TV time usually. All caught up on Bluey? Uh, we are very caught up on Bluey. <laughs> <laughs> They're actually in a – so my twins are in Spanish immersion. So oh, cool. they get to pick – they have to watch like a certain amount of Spanish stuff every, every week. So usually they pick Bluey just because it's like short and the Spanish translation is actually pretty decent for oh, – nice. Bluey in Espanol, huh? Uh, Disney, yeah, Disney Plus has like every language possible. <laughs> it's I, beautiful. I need to hop on there and go check that out. <laughs> uh, but uh, personally, um, outside of uh, the, usually I there's a lot of stuff that I'll like watch, kind of like in the background and stuff. But um, I did sit down, and finish the Mandalorian last night, which I really liked. I feel like the last two episodes actually kind of like brought everything together, even though. It's probably my weakest season, like, of the three so far. And I don't know. I'm curious where it goes from now because I've mm-hmm. – I don't know. Just just in general, like, I feel like the – without going into spoilers, I feel like the story's pretty well told. But they've kind of – they do kind of, like, hint to – because they've announced, like, some stuff. Like, they're doing, like, a, a movie that's going to be a Mandalorian movie with the – the mm. there's an Ahsoka – series that is going to be out in august and that's all going to kind of combine together and the uh, dave filoni who like basically helped you know he's done like tons of star wars stuff like uh, rebels and clone wars and uh mandalorian all that stuff like he's helping direct the movie so it's all going to kind of combine into that so i think that's where they're going um Mm -hmm. but there's already like a season four which i'm kind of interested like what what would you do in a season four that I won't get out of a movie? <laughs> yeah. Like just like kind of fast forward. Did they say when that, that one's stuff. coming out? The season four? I don't, I don't It's got to be after like all these shows they just announced, right? Yeah. So it's probably like at least a, two years two out. Years. It took forever for season three to come out. Cause I remember, yeah. I remember seeing season two before the pandemic happened. And then there was a really long wow. time where there then wasn't we did like Boba anything. Fett the next Oh wait, year, you know, there was then. 2020 and then yeah, Boba Fett. And then this, Mando. this, yeah, season Mando. Three. So it's been a while. It's been a minute. It's definitely been the most divisive is what just, because I'm not caught up on it either, but everything, I'm on Twitter a lot. And even though I'm not caught up, I'll still see that stuff. And it's super polarized is what I see. And mm-hmm. then the people who are just like, yep. yeah, it's just divisive. People are kind of on either side. I think it's just Star Wars in general <laughs> at this <laughs> point <Yeah>. in time. <laughs> like no matter what you do, there's going to be people who either like it or hate it, especially like, like with like Andor's like a completely different thing. So good. you know, it's very mm-hmm. like so I like I like Mandalorian because it's more like kind of like the classic Star Wars, but like you know, dialogue and stuff like that. It's not it's strong suit. Andor has a little bit of like everything, and it's like very much for like a grown up Star Wars, which I super dig. 
So, like, trying to, like, I don't know. I feel like it's hard to appease everybody. That's kind of the fun thing about Star Wars, though, is, like, there is some Star Wars for everyone, yeah. literally. Like, they just announced a baby Star Wars TV show. You yeah, know? my kids are actually super Yeah, I'm ex- so excited yeah. for my nieces to be able to watch that kind of stuff. And then there's, like, the the mature stuff, like the Andor, and then there's just the action-packed, like the the Mando. Like, it's just Star Wars is for everybody, and not everything's going to appeal to everyone. So yeah. that's fine. That's what, that's what I hope that it comes to at some point. It's just like, okay, well... I like Andor, so I'm just going to watch Andor and then, you know, maybe check in on Mandalorian, but people won't be like, why is it this the same as Mandalorian? You know, why is the, why is the it's dialogue so nice stiff? It's kind of nice, too. Like, like, comparing it to the Marvel Universe where everything kind of just feels the exact same every time, it's kind of nice that, that Star Wars can come out and just be like, hey, here's this. Oh, and now we're going to try something completely different over here. Now we're going to try something completely different over here, and it just kind of all wraps in together. I don't know. I'm a Star Wars shill. You guys know that. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. It's it's just a lot. And I love what you're talking about. Like there's going to be a little bit of something for everyone, right? I'm going to quote Forrest Gump on this. Like Star Wars is like a box of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get, but there's something in that box for everyone. Unless you hate chocolate, then get out. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> it's just you like Star Trek, then get out. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. Just Josh's kidding. family are actually Trekkies. Uh, are they like yeah. in the new... I mean, we could guys, get it. Apart, I guess your brother is more of a hardcore. Trekkie definitely than my else. so like my family. We grew up, um, you know, my my family, my dad, and then us because my mom not <laughs> as much, but like she with him. Me. And then when we'd go visit my dad's mom in Arizona, like pretty much every single night, we would watch the Next Generation okay, and stuff yeah. like that. So then from there, I went back and I watched all of Star Trek and stuff like that. I'm not really like caught up on the new stuff other than Picard. Yeah, me either. Really. See, I've seen like all of Picard, but I haven't seen a lot of the other series that they have going on. But I definitely do. I'm kind of more into the Star Trek universe and the Star Wars universe. But we'll still accept you into our tribe. <laughs> but anyhow. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, that's good. That's rad. Thank you for sharing. And yeah. uh, I wish your kids luck with learning Spanish and Bluey. And I definitely need to catch up on the Mando because... I keep seeing all this fan art, and maybe it's not real, but like Gorgu or Grogu, Grogu. sorry, is getting like armor, right? Like he's becoming a little bit of a Mandalorian. Is that is that fake or is that like just like no, no, it's fan true. Hopes? But this brings up my one of my questions for the the conversation we're going to be having. I can't decide if I want to bring it up now or later because oh, you about. still haven't told us. Uh, okay, we'll just throw it in here. All right, yeah, Baby Yoda, Grogu, or Baby Groot, who is the cuter? Oh, cuter? Uh, Baby Groot. Or I guess your favorite, too. Baby Groot. Baby Groot? Yeah. I'll say Baby Groot's cuter. Yeah. Tyler? Oh, man, you're making me choose between <laughs> yeah, choose your baby. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Prop, maybe Baby Groot. Well, Baby Groot has more of an attitude, especially, I mean, we'll get into it, but. Except. Like, Baby Yoda, I mean, Baby Yoda does have a little bit of an attitude, especially near the end of this, this last season, too. But. I don't, like Baby Groot was kind of like the OG too, if you think about it. Like before, before you know, before it was Baby Yoda, and you found out what his name was and everything, and everybody's like, "Oh, he's so cute." Well, it was Baby Groot that kind of like took you know everybody the world by storm, basically. <laughs> he no, so you so, guys are all wrong. Baby Yoda's better. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's fine, Vince. We'll let you sit in your corner of Baby Yoda. <laughs> But Who went in a dance off, baby Yoda, baby Groot, go. But what? <laughs> but what I love though, and I, I, I think this is the baby Groot, the baby show. Sorry, I keep the cutting. baby battle. 
what were you saying? But, but what I was going to say is, like, what, if I if I were to vote for Baby Yoda, it would be because he, like, eats the little, like, in the first... Dude, like, he eats everything. He eats everything. Yeah. It's awesome. He just eats, yeah, like... it's so like, funny. It's a running joke. I, this is a... Whatever. Spoiler, spoiler for season three. He learns how to, like, levitate, like... What like jelly beans or something? <laughs> space jelly beans for himself and stuff. He does whatever he wants, pretty much. <laughs> he just he's just like the he just like uh oh gosh, what's his name from uh oh we just talked about John Wick, the one who's just always eating. Kane oh. is he always eating? Yeah, I didn't well he's that. eating the ramen. Like he just has something to eat all the time, and I I think that's funny. I don't know. Sorry, I derailed the conversation. Have you, did you? What have you been watching? Uh, my wife has been rewatching uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which has been a lot of fun because I realized I've forgotten so much. Yeah, that's got to be way fun. That's um, the one thing I've learned about this movie is I miss these old movies. Well, that was something that was really interesting is I was like, I've forgotten so much, and yet I'm excited to rewatch it because of how much I've forgotten. So it's like what's been fun about it. But, like, I will say this. You hit the nail on the head a little bit earlier is – it's it's become much because a lot of it's the same mm-hmm. and i'm not trying to like say that marvel sucks or anything like that because they don't they know what they're doing they have a multi-billion dollar machine going but it's just kind of like i realized it's like a lot of this is the same i did love like captain america civil war loved it more than i ever thought i would you oh, know that's so, one of my favorites yeah been been watching that where are you at in this in the uh, we actually just finished Guardians of the Galaxy two. Okay, so you actually are like yeah, we're like that's where we're at right now. Is we just this worked out perfect one. then? Yeah, it was actually hilarious because what's funny is I walked in one day. I'd been doing something outside, and I'd been out with the dogs for a while. And I came in, and my wife was like three quarters away finished with uh, Guardians of the Galaxy one, and so I just sat down and watched the last of it, and that was like a ton of fun. I was like, great. And then we've watched a bunch of stuff in between. They were like, oh, here we are. Um, also rewatching Doctor Strange. Oh man, that's a trip and a half. Uh, we took my brother. I'm gonna shame him forever. We took my youngest brother to watch Doctor Strange in the theater, in you know the one nearest to the town you grew up in, um, just that twin theater there. Uh-huh. And straight up, he fell asleep and snored so loudly <laughs> in Doctor Strange that people were telling him to shh and like wake that kid up and stuff like this. Like it's so funny. <laughs> And I remember just being like, dude, you can't sleep in a movie. And he's like, I'm just so tired. You're a farm boy. You've been up since dawn working, right? <laughs> Pretty much. But I was like, come on, dude. Um, I had a friend that I lived with for a while that always, we used to see midnight showings all the time, and he would always fall asleep every single time. It for real? the funniest thing. See, I've fallen asleep in a couple movies before, but like, I'm like, I'm paid for this, so I'll like get like caffeined up yeah and then i'm like i'm ready josh but, saw me the other night with my giant bucket of popcorn that i ate all by myself to stay awake through this three hour you movie. did <laughs> offer me the popcorn <laughs> multiple times and i really really appreciate it but i had already eaten a couple things that day that i definitely like probably shouldn't have since i've like tried to lose weight and i was just like i can't i want to so bad it smelled good but i was like i have to resist Dude, that's awesome. vince has a secret sauce in theater popcorn though you like do like the first half i used to do that i don't do it anymore they what they're they're kettle corn hasn't been as good lately it's been like yeah not great so i stopped doing it oh well but it, it is on a good night do that try that uh half kettle half regular kettle in the bottom so it's like a dessert it's he, he like leveled it. up i hate popcorn i was like this is good it's like that salty sweet salty sweet salty sweet salty sweet. Well, not to like get too <laughs> far off track but you were mentioning dr strange i because i'll kind of talk about this later about like kind of dual actors or people doing dual characters or whatever in the MCU. Yeah. I didn't know that Benedict Cumberbatch voiced Dormammu in oh, the yeah. original Doctor Strange. Oh, yeah, that's right. 
That's like crazy. I just learned that today when I was looking up stuff about Guardians and other stuff for the podcast. I was like, what in the world? Dormammu, I've come to bargain. They just bargain with each other, I guess. Bargain with yourself. Anyhow, let's get on to our actual actual movies we're here to talk about tonight. Um, any anything you guys want to start on on Guardians of the Galaxy? The like just to really call this out, Guardians of the Galaxy. I think this is all of the movie now. We don't have to declare spoilers, but I will anyways. This is going to be a spoiler heavy film talk review, whatever you want to call for it. For both Guardians one and two, for both of them. But like, what's really crazy to me, and I just want to call this out really quickly. I remember I was big into Parks and Rec, and I'm leaning over to Josh because we like love that series. And I remember, like, when Chris Pratt, like, left for, yeah, Chris Pratt, he left for a little while off the show, and then he comes back, and he's like, they're like, how'd you lose so much weight? He's like, oh, I stopped drinking beer. <laughs> like, that was the whole. He's like, and you lost I remember 50 pads? Yeah. He was like, it's how so much buff? beer were you like, drinking? So, di- so different from the, like, physical comedy that he had before, like, he did Guardians, and then all of a sudden he's just, like, super. Well, because they, they, like, didn't, like. They didn't necessarily, like, take him off the show. They definitely, like, the first half of one of the seasons, I think he was in, like, two episodes because he was, like, in England. But in the very first episode of that season, he was there when he was just all of a sudden, like, so fit and stuff. And that's where they were. He was just talking with Ben. He's like, so you lost 50 pounds. How? And he's like, yeah, I just stopped drinking beer, man. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, how much beer were you drinking? I think about it, like, also another thing, one shelf. Like, that's, like, imagining, like, the, the other Parks and Rec thing. Like, one shelf. But, like, that was what was crazy. It's, like, Chris Chris Pratt goes from, like, this kind of, like, bubbly, chubby dude to, like, freaking Chris Pratt. Hello. And it was, like, something, like, people were, like, dang, what happened? So, get get cast in a Marvel movie. You definitely will hit your fitness I mean, goals. look at Kumal Nanjiani, too. Oh, my gosh. He went through the yeah. same glow up, man, these oh. Marvel movies. And the kid who's playing Golden Face. Oh. Adam Warlock, dude. Yeah. Um. <laughs> That's the office. That's what yeah, it looks made like. That bro. A while back. Oh yeah, I did. I remember. Um, but he he's like went from little shrimpy like oh, I don't gosh. remember his name, but now he's just like Will Poulter. Will Poulter, yes. man, he's looking good. Like these Marvel movies transform people, and that's one of the funny things. You guys have to tell me if this is because I can't remember in the more recent movies. In these old ones, I very vividly remember, and this reminded me a hundred percent how they always have a shirt off like. Check out how good these guys look. Look at these muscles shots in every one of these older movies. Do they still do that in the newer ones, or is that just like a a running thing from the old ones? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't doubt that they would do something like that, but I'm trying to think of like the newer ones, and (laughs) they definitely. Scott Ling, did he have a shirt off when he was in the (laughs) quantum (laughs) realm? I don't remember. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, no, no. Uh, Jonathan Majors, wasn't he? Did Did he he have have a shirt off? I thought he did. He probably did. I mean, that guy is. Freaking is huge. There, if they did I not mean, Is there a website called Shirts Off Home there's Movies? There's gotta be. Like, <laughs> where I can just look and see what actors have had their shirts be off. Be careful movies. what you search. Yeah, that's why <laughs> I'm not, I have, I have a dabble with what you're looking. I was like, I was like, maybe I'll just type up what, what Marvel <laughs> movies have shirtless sections. I was like, it's going to pull up something not great. So Nude Marvel scenes. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what we want to look up. But yeah, I, I mean, w- that actually caught me off guard. Uh, was that the first guardians that chris pratt has shirt off because as soon as that happened i was like why is he doing that this seems very weird but just i'm like pretty sure it's just like scene. the thor you know there's always a thor scene where he doesn't have a shirt on mm-hmm. like there was definitely 
don't know. This, this scene right here, this is what happening. you're talking it, about. Yeah, it's there right is, after he gets sprayed is. off in the yeah. jail cell, and he, he just has that one like glory shot where it's just right. like, look at this transformation. Because there's like him getting sprayed off, and you can like understand it or whatever, but then like right after that's done, no one's doing anything, and it's just him dripping wet, just, <laughs> you so know. That broody look. No, that, I mean, that's what's crazy is there's like something that's got to be called like the Marvel effect. You get cast in a Marvel movie. Like it's kind of like that disappear for 30 days and come back. It's like you cast in a Marvel movie. Boom, you're super jacked. In the best shape of your life. And I I think that's really fascinating because I don't know. And this is maybe other people know more people than I do, like actors than I do. But I'm always surprised at like where they pull some of these actors from. Like they're not trying to like diss on Paul Rudd or anything like that, but Paul Rudd has been, had a long movie career and he's like been a heartthrob for a lot of people, but he's not really been in like, he's always in like love you man or like our idiot brother or just something that's like, friends. yeah, like good, but not outstanding. And here he comes into this. He's like, boom, same with like Chris Pratt, same with like a number of people. And you're like, and for this movie specifically, like, James, credit to James Gunn, man. The guy knows how to cast a movie. He took all these guys that nobody would have thought of. Eh, maybe. I mean, Batista, I guess people would have thought of. But, like, Batista, this is his breakout movie right here, all thanks to James Gunn. I, I can't remember. I should have researched it a little more. But do you know a little bit about that? Like, how Batista was trying to get into the movie industry but couldn't and was, like, not doing very well in the WWE or not making money or something? I, I remember hearing he was... He did really well in like wrestling and stuff. Okay. And then he kind of, I think he went basically broke is what he was saying yeah. in some interviews and stuff. So really like Guardians of the Galaxy was kind of like his uh, like safety. I don't know what the, like safety. Like rebirth type Yeah, thing? basically like it's saved, like kind of saved his career. And since then, like it's basically like he credits like James Gunn and everything for for getting him like into like all the roles and stuff that he he does now, a hundred percent, it's thanks to him. Like like yeah, like and same with Chris Pratt. He transformed him into somebody completely new. The freaking I looked up. I, it's on my other. It's on my phone again over there. A reason to film, but I took some screenshots of like casting considerations and like all the other people that they considered for this role looked a lot more. Um, already like like superheroes, you know, a, lo- a lot more like not pudgy funny Chris Pratt and all of a sudden Chris Pratt comes walking in overweight and just cracks up James Gunn and James Gunn was like I think I read that in the first like 30 seconds he's like yeah this is gonna be my star lord yeah so um, a few other names on there were like Joel Joel Edgerton Eddie Redmayne um the golden god himself Glenn Howerton was like <laughs> runner up for the role he's the he plays Dennis and it's always sunny in Philadelphia he almost got it that could have been game changer for him <laughs> <laughs> I don't it never would have been so the same though like Chris Pratt is star lord like there's not a better star lord even in that video game that I love it's still just well not yeah even star-Lord. then like when I feel like when I was watching these movies I was like the video game I was like oh that's pretty much like how I would imagine like star lord in that video game too like it's like the same like he does, he plays it so perfectly. Oh wow! What Aaron Paul, Aaron Paul almost was oh, there? Man, that could have been interesting. Uh, Eddie Redmayne. I don't yeah, know. There's about a lot. Him. Well, and when we're talking about casting, I just kind of want to bring up one of the most one of the things that stood out to me that I wanted to talk about with these movies is the chemistry of these characters for the Guardians and how they can play off each other both emotionally and mostly hilariously 
is just what makes these movies so good. This one and in the second one, I feel like the first one maybe was a little bit better chemistry wise, but they're both like up there. And that's what I'm really hoping that we get back to in the third, because ever since then, anything that the guardians has been, it just hasn't been the same. They haven't like had that same chemistry. Like even if it's they haven't really been together, right? Uh Like for most part, they've been separated, especially in like the, the, I was thinking about it. Like I was trying to remember like infinity war and and end game, like they're, Barely, they're barely in Endgame, and in Infinity War, they were. I think there was. It was mostly separated, Gamora right? and Peters. Yeah, they had that yeah. That was like Thanos. their main story. So. Yeah, exactly. And so you haven't had them all together and everything like that. And rewatching these movies, just listening to this group of people just be absolutely hilarious with each other. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Was just mm-hmm. how well they cast these characters and how well they did all of this together it was just like, I was like, yes, like among other things, like this is why I loved these movies because this like little ensemble cast just, and that is perfect. Like that says a lot about the casting, but also about the characters themselves and the way that they're written. Like, like I don't know how they did it, but the guardians of the galaxy have become like some of my all time favorite uh, comic book characters and I haven't read a single one of their comics but their movies are amazing the characters themselves are so entertaining I listen to a, a podcast called um, it's a it's a story podcast and it's fantastic and it, it's it's about Rocket and and Peter but they're they're old it's like way in the future half the Guardians are dead the world's kind of gone to crap <clears throat> and these characters are written exactly like they're written in the show where just like Rocket is the wise cracking mean kind of like anti-social raccoon that he is in these stories peter quill is like the the funny like again wisecracking and they they just butt heads and they're just and in the video game that got released on the playstation and everything a little while back like these characters are very consistent and very entertaining and very lovable i think like for me like when i was re-watching these right i was kind of like looking at i was like what like so and this is going to the first one to near the end of the show right is when they're doing like the dance off when peter's like okay we have to like do the dance off and stuff like that. And just kind of how stiff they all kind of like start and how they all kind of get it. And that's kind of like, I feel like the whole thing is like, Peter's that kind of like, like if we were like sitting here talking about, it, he's kind of like that. If you're at a, at a party event or something like that, he's like the kind of flows, goes with the flow, kind of like has a good time. And everyone else just kind of is like, we're here, but we're not quite ready to get into the thing. And he just gets them all going. And I thought it was way fun. And like the way that they play against like the good guys, the bad guys, the literalness of like, Bautista's character, like them all figuring out like sarcasm, all these different things throughout the series. I'm like, this is how I wish that more, like it's fun to have like a movie where there's just like a solo character in the lead. But when there's an ensemble like this, you're like, I want more of that. I want that. That's what I want. I want friends. I want people to be together doing things, even if they're weird, even if they don't match. I am famously on record for not liking Drax in the, in this series. <laughs> you uh, are. I, I remember. He I heard. The, like, I heard this podcast. There, there was the holiday, or was it the Christmas the special? special yeah. I remember re- listening to that one and hearing <laughs> all about that. And I have. Go ahead. Sorry, no. I was just gonna say, and because of that, I was watching for like, would Vince like this? Wouldn't Vince like this? What did you think? I think that you would like him very much in the first one, a medium amount in the second one, and then it drops off. I would even say in the second one, it's from the get go, he's a joke. The very first moment, there's like he shows one up, scene. He's a joke. There's I, one I scene with him yeah, and Mantis. With Mantis. I, don't, I thought but, that one scene was pretty decent. I feel like he didn't really get. I mean, when you go into further movies, that's when it gets like more like he's just kind of like the comic he's relief, the basically. Running joke of but, the series. 
I loved him in the first one. Yeah, he was really good. I loved in the first him one. in the first one. He's got depth. He's got emotion. He's not doing that over the top fake laugh all the time. He's got he's got so much going in that one. And then just immediately in the second one, they just flip the script and all of a sudden he's just like, I don't understand anything. I'm just here to crack a joke every five minutes. And then he has the one moment and then right back to cracking his joke skin. I just I feel like it's such a waste. So is that because Ronan's gone and that like his purpose, like in the first movie, his purpose is to get Ronan and kill him. And then second movie, he's gone, right? He just doesn't like care about his family anymore, it seems, besides like that one scene. And obviously it's like at some point you have to move on, but it's just like he has no depth of emotionality at all. I'm curious if that'll happen. Like I'm curious if, because there was a, it was an interesting interview with Dave Batista. I, uh, I don't Bautista. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I call him by his wrestling name, Batista. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he he we was mentioning how he like wouldn't do another another movie after this because he feels like the character arc is complete. So that makes me think that there's cool. going to be something Sweet. for him specifically in this. Because, I hope so. Me too. Yeah, because I mean that was the thing. I I kind of in agreement. Like I feel like the first movie he had way more depth. The second one he was definitely like the 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 nipple jokes were. I kind of rolled my eyes. Like there were some pretty funny. I mean, there were some really funny moments with him. And then I did really like that part with Mantis and like made me wonder like, oh, could be like maybe he's having PT. Like, you know, like the one guy that he wanted to kill died. And so now it's like, what is he? You know, what is like purposeless? What's his purpose? What's what's the timeline between the first and the second movie? Sorry, that was an interjection. I'm just I don't know. It's pretty quick, right? Yeah, they keep referencing the first movie a lot. But they do have quite a bit of time together, too, because they reference a lot like all this time we've been doing this together. And they've like made themselves known throughout the galaxy and the Nova Corps. Everyone knows who they are. I don't know. I don't know. It's the first one came out 2014, 2017. Not that that really matters. Like in. Yeah. The timeline, but I rem- I think I read that it's like 19 years after Captain Marvel or something. It was only those, like, really only takes place things. a few years, a few months okay. after the first movie. Oh, really? Okay. There, there is a reference where Rocket's just like, three months. We're yeah. saving the galaxy the sec the second time. I'm like, okay, so they have yeah. a, they've done like jobs and stuff, but you know, this is their second time like saving. Actually, going crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Well, and it's such a quick flip and turnaround, and so who knows? Maybe, maybe Vince, it's okay that you don't like Drax for yeah, that it's, much of a thing, and, and, that, and that's like just fine, right? But I think what's really interesting is if, if we're talking, and this, the, I think we're kind of blending the movies as we go here, and I think that's just fine because <laughs> it's our podcast, right? Yeah. <laughs> but I think what's really fascinating is if we're going into the first movie, and I want to talk about this, is we first meet Drax, he's locked up in prison, right? And he's just this big tough guy, and he's Drax the Destroyer. I think they like label him as that, and like you're like. You're like, oof. And then the second one, so you're kind of cool. seeing him after having done all he's done with them, you know, in that during that time. And when you talk about the Mantis scene, right, I think about the scene where him and Mantis are sitting, like, on the steps, and she touches mm-hmm. him, yep. and she feels all of his sadness and all of his pain, and she's like, that is intense, like, type thing. And I, and I, th- I think that's very fascinating, like, knowing that maybe he is in a mourning period, maybe he is in this thing where he's like, I've lived out my purpose, and, and talking about, like, the stupid stuff from the second movie, and I agree, there there are some real dumb stuff with Drax, like, when he's like, he's like, the skin on the outside is too hard to pierce, so I'll pop inside <laughs> of it. And, like, that scene is cool, where he's, like, leaping into the mouth of the, the monster, and he's going off, and it's like... I just, I just. He keep does laughing. have funny moments. Like I remember, yeah. I don't remember which one it is, but the one where he's like, it's like you can't see me, I'm immovable. You know, I can't remember <laughs> was that. That, was right. Avengers that was in the Endgame, I think. Wasn't yeah, it? I think it was in one of the Avengers movies. Yeah, yeah I think that so. one was really good. He's got his moments, but just overall, he's just he's not he's 
he's just a little much for yeah, me. Just a little, it. he's playing it at a 10 and I'm just like, bring it down just a little bit. <laughs> like, I'm curious, like for everybody. So just dividing out the movies specifically, like what did you guys think about the, for the first movie, what did you guys think about the villain for it? Because for me watching it again, after watching like so many movies and stuff, like that, I was like, man, this Ronan is just like kind of like a nothing like character and kind of like even the whole plot of the first movie, like outside of the guardians and like seeing the chemistry, you're like, it's literally just like they're chasing like an or orb or, you know, basically. Real Maltese Falcon Ark of the Covenant. Just chasing a, you know, chasing an orb and they don't know what it is till like the very, very, very end. And even then it feels like they don't quite know. I don't, it's, it's a little, it was a little all over the place in terms of just like the, like the villain and kind of what like the motivation was for for Ronan specifically. When I first watched it, Ronan seemed like a big deal because I was like, oh man, he's this guy who's gone rogue and he wants to destroy all these people and stuff like that. And he's so powerful. But like now watching it, it was literally just someone who Thanos was like, he was working with him and then he's like, I'm going to go against you, Thanos. And Thanos like literally didn't even care. And yeah, like yeah. he died and Thanos was like, yep, I knew that was going to happen. Like it was just like so, so strange to watch after. Cause yeah, I really think that when I first watched it, oh my gosh, he's sorry. I just, cause I knew like who he was, but I didn't put the, oh, he's guy. in, he's in bodies, bodies, bodies. One of my favorite yeah, so movies it's, from it's last Lee Chase who plays Ronan. And what's crazy, like I just want to talk about this is, where we were in the universe at the time, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, he shows up and you're like, oh, this guy's a big baddie. Like, that's how I felt, at least. I remember feeling like he's going to be crazy and he has that big freaking hammer yeah, type yeah. thing. And he, like, slaps the Infinity Stone on there, whatever. And you're like, woo! And now that we've seen, like, Thanos, now that we've seen other big baddies, I'd even say almost Dormammu is scarier than, like, Ronan, in a way, to me. And Dormammu is the worst CGI, in my opinion. <laughs> but that's another story for another day. The rainbow monster. Yeah. Woo! But anyhow, like, but I think what was cool about Ronan is that he he's this kind of, like, if we're talking, like, bad boys on the street type thing, he's like a middle ground crook, mm -hmm. right? He's kind of established a name for himself. And he's done some terrible stuff because he's the one who killed off, like, Drax's family and all this type of stuff. But he just was kind of a little too stiff for me. Like maybe mm -hmm. that's a cultural thing that they designed for his people or whatever. But I was like, this guy's a little a little uh, stale of a Triscuit, if you ask me. Like he just didn't have that much like the zest is gone, the delight, the stale expectation. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was <laughs> like, uh but like I, I think the actor did good with what he was he, he was given, but I wish that he definitely could have been a bigger baddie. Yeah. And I think that's the problem with a lot of those beginning Marvel movies too, is that they very much were like focused on on hero heroes and not really the villain's story. So it's kinda like because if you actually read like a little bit about Ronan in the comics, and I think me and Vince have talked about this before, he actually has like there's actually some legitimate reasons why he's like a bad guy, but for the most part in the movie Basically, they're kind of like, oh, he's a terrorist. And there's like, like a, what is yeah, the quote? Like, he's like, zealot. he's killing children. Like when, you know, when you, in a movie, when someone's killing children, that's like automatic. Oh, that's guy. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's this irredeemable. Guy. We're not even going to try it every, for this he guy. Is I mean, they, they pull the exact same thing for the second one, too. We deal in child trafficking. Oh, we can kill everyone now. <laughs> yeah. No, it's fine. Uh, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. I actually really, really like Ronan. 
I know he's very simple. There's not a lot to him. It's a little bit like convenient, uh, a villain out of convenience, but I thought he was played very threateningly. I think his look is awesome. It is really good. Like he's just that black around his face and his mask and he's and just like, like eyes and the way are... he holds himself too. There's a scene where he's like crouching down. It's just, he's just very like menacing and just like, like just like a presence to be reckoned with. He does get killed off. I mean, he's like no threat to Thanos or whatever, these big bads, but I feel like he was perfect for the movie that this was where it's like already so full. You have to introduce four, five characters. How many yeah, are in the yeah. Guardians? You have to introduce five different characters or however many and make you love every single one of them and throw in a big, a big villain into it and have these like big action sequences. Like there's a lot to do with it. And for what he was, I thought he was great. <laughs> well, I, and I, I hate to like have been like, Oh, he's a stale Triscuit. Right. And that's a bad, like it was fun. Like I have to like, I have to put myself back into 2014 Casey. Right. And like this was cool. And what's crazy is when you're talking about the right thing about like this movie, we're being introduced to Star Lord. We're being introduced, like you said, to all these other characters. So we have this tree branching off. And like, how can you care so much about so many different characters? So with what he did, I would say he did a good job and I mm -hmm. liked it. But now that I've seen so much else, I'm kind of like, he fell flat. But you're like, he there wasn't much to him. You're right. And I liked him for that. I kind of yeah, that's fair. I don't I don't pine for it like like I'd much rather have characters with depth, but every once in a while it's okay to, for me to be like we just need a bad guy to move this story along so we can focus on the the main characters. And I kind of feel like that's what this was is like we just needed something to kind of bring the guys together that that doesn't feel I don't know, maybe it does for some people feels a little short, but I don't know. I, mean, I, I think it went well. When you get into a cinematic universe, right? It's really tough to make every movie seem high stakes. Maybe right? that's what it is. Like, yeah. it's like they know that they have to make this villain seem like the over, like he's going to end everything or whatnot, while still having to be like, okay, we need to be able to ramp it up once yeah. we get to Avengers and Avengers. Which, which makes know? it weird when you know who Thanos is and you see yeah. him in this movie and you're yeah. like, kind of like, I, like, you know that he's going to be a bigger deal. Yeah. So it kind of <laughs> takes away your attention from Ronan. You're just kind of like, Oh, but Thanos is going to like be mm -hmm. way oh, more. But Thanos is know. still there, bro. So as someone who had no idea who the freak Thanos was, that was just, he's, he, I was just weird to me. I had no mm -hmm. idea who he was. They're referencing Thanos, right? And it's like, they have him there and I'm kind of like, okay, what is he? What does he do? He was no Kurt Russell. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Kurt Russell. I mean, talking about if just mentioning villains, like I feel like if you try to put ego in the first movie with everything, like it would not. It would definitely feel overstuffed, so I feel like you have to have him be, like, have his own movie where he's kind of, you know, because he's such a big character, especially in that second movie, I feel like. Especially, I don't know, I feel like Kurt Russell just acted the crap out of that out of that <laughs> role in, in a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. His spaceship, like, his whole thing, like, the design of his world, so cool. And I have to highlight that. And I like the way that, like, when he's portraying and telling the story about, like, his his... I was here and I appeared and then I went out in the universe searching for ways to plant seeds with my river lily, whatever. I don't remember the whole details, but like when they're walking through that room and the TV screen is kind of changing. It's it, like egg looking things. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, that was way cool. Yeah, it, it had has like, like the this, vibe of like the seventies, yeah, right? It's kind awesome. Of, or like the Jetsons kind of was what I thought too. I was like, this is pretty rad. And it kind of works too. Cause if you think about it, he probably doesn't know much about earth after he like after left, left whenever, like in the eighties or whenever he left. Yeah. So it makes sense why you would try to connect that, especially with Peter. Well, that, and 
not only just that he knew it from that time frame, but also from the point of view of a child, right? Yep. The education yep. of a child. Cause it gets to that yeah, point where he's true. like, when he's like, I'm not from earth. I'm from Missouri or something like that. <laughs> he's like, dude, it's all he's from Terrence. <laughs> That's what a weird thing though. I've never actually thought about this. So if you think about Peter Quill really quickly, his like education and his context of life goes from whenever he left, which I think he was like eight or nine. Right. And then after that, he's just with, freaking Yondu and the Ravagers and just doing stuff that way. So like imagine your childhood just clinging on to that. Boom. And then, you know, space and what a, what a strange thing to be like, I come from Missouri, but then you have the whole entire universe unlocked to you. And also like some really quickly, I know this is different things that you might know this better than I do. Um, he has like an implant so he can understand all languages and stuff like that. They talk about it in the first movie. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. So like oh. when, when they do the screen of who he is, right. And they're showing like, like, you know, Peter Quill, Star-Lord, whatever, like, it shows what he has, kind of, like, some of his, like, upgrades or features or whatever you want to call it. And so, like, Rocket Raccoon, it talks ah. about. So each of them in the first Guardians of the Galaxy, it kind of, like, shows kind of their skills. It reminds me of, like, Dragon Ball Z when they have the scanner and they're like, the power level's over 9,000. <laughs> like, that's what I felt like when they're showing that off. But, like, really interesting, like, that he, Yondu got him and then gave him, like, some upgrades. Like really translator. I loved the way that they introduced all the characters, like, in that, in that lineup. And from the first movie, I remember they used that a lot for the trailers too. Oh yeah, when they were oh yeah marketing it. Doesn't it feel like after that, like a ton of comic, but not maybe not even just comic book movies, but a lot of movies tried to like do kind of like that similar stuff. I think so. Didn't this movie kind of set the overall tone and and feel of the extended MCU from? I think so. So I was thinking when we were talking earlier, I'm pretty sure this is the first one that actually like talk about like space and like. You know, like it's the first one that's just that beyond those Avengers. Yeah, right? like they're the not moon. on Earth at all, basically. Yeah. Well, except except on, for the flashbacks. Well, I mean, on top of that, too, is just like every Marvel movie since has been full of these just like action joke, action joke, drama joke. You know, it's mm-hmm. just like they've found their mm-hmm. pace. They found what people like. And I think it's I think this is the first one that really figured it figured out. out. Like James formula. Gunn was like, yeah. oh, here it is. And then all the rest of them have kind of been just like a. a it's it's the still was, like oh, an artist like thing, right? That, like but a riff on it. Yeah, they've just kind of like, yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. this worked. This We're works. gonna try and and put our own spin on it to make it similar. But um, nobody does it like James Gunn. Like, yeah. okay, I think I think the second one is a little over the top, James Gunn. But do you think yeah. the third Any one's gonna continue it. that trend though? That's that's know, actually that's my concern. Yeah, I could totally see that. I, but like at the same time, it makes you. I don't know, man. I'm so confused because it's obviously like. You know, James Gunn's leaving Marvel to help the DC manage stuff. DC stuff. And so, you know, it's like, well, like, how does he go out with, like, this third one? And, like, I feel like I've, I'm i sure it's going to be very James Gunn in with, like, you know, jokes and stuff like that. Like, even with the clips that, that I've seen of it, like, it does feel that way. But, you know, I'm hoping that it's very much like a – going back to the Jack Track stuff where he's kind of, like, been more of a joke and stuff, like, I hope – it's kind of an overarching, more like an emotional, because I mean, there's definitely emotional beats in the second one for sure. Honestly, when I was watching them back to back, I was like, man, the second one's, I enjoy the second one so much outside. If the, my only critique is like, if you could shave off like five minutes of maybe some jokes and stuff yeah. in it, like it would be even like better. I, I'm right there with you. There's, I feel like there's more heart in the second one. Mm. I, I think I like the first one better, but I felt like watching the second one, there was a lot more heart between them all there's a lot more yeah just emotion um i didn't remember so much action in the first one like there is so much action oh, yeah. in the first one the whole prison break scene and that was so that was so cool 
like mm-hmm. the fighting the robots and stuff like that. That like that, I don't know. Like going into that stuff, like I feel like that is so unique compared to like you know, there's like so many I feel like there's so many pl- things that try to be like Star Wars basically and yeah, it's maybe that's like, why I love it. <laughs> but I feel like it's Star Wars but it's like they're trying to do it like a different way. Yeah, yeah. It's like instead of like fighting all these like guards and stuff, they're fighting these robots that have guns on them. And then even in the second one, like that cool, that ship that uh, Yondu has, like it's not like it has like lasers on it. It has like those little ball things that kind of go yeah. and make like a big laser beam and stuff like that. Like it it doesn't, like he tries to do something like a different spin on what you kind of expect from from like a, you know, a space movie. It's like, okay, yeah, yeah. we'll have lasers, but, you know, it's going to be a different way that it's kind of working. Or in. like uh, the way they travel through space. Like mm-hmm. they have they have light speed, but it's not really light speed. It's like 700 jump jumps. points. Yeah, jump <laughs> points. It's cool. <laughs> and that's like Clip another that one for, for YouTube. <laughs> and that's like another one where I was like, maybe the second one was a little too. Like, it's not that they did it right, but they like went back to them like three different times. Yeah, exactly. What, a, what an interesting call though. Like, the, the way they travel through space. I like how not everyone does it the same. Like there's so many different ways you can travel through space and however they want to do it. I love these jumps though. It kind of reminded me that they're just portals is all it is. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a slip space, it's like Stargate type thing. Like there's a, here's an entrance, here's an exit. You can go through here. Okay, 700 jumps. Like you're not supposed to do more than so many like it's a humanoid body. And like, that's, that's so cool because like that's a big cop out that they have in Star Wars is oh, like, yeah. we get in trouble, just jump to light speed. You know, we yeah. can get away. And this is like, you know, we can, Star we can Trek still travel like fast. That too. But oh yeah. We can't like oh, escape yeah. out of convenience. Also the, the, the asteroid belt that was just, psh, 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 what did like they the call quantum, it? Quantum, yeah. not even quantum. It was like, was it? there was some word that they used that just kind of, they just threw that word in there and it was supposed to explain why asteroids would just disappear and appear <laughs> randomly to make it seem higher stakes. But the create the creativity that James Gunn has for this movie, like like you like you said, it's just like it's so it's so cool. I don't know if it's just him specifically or his whole team, but like Ronan's ship is driven by these like monk looking things laying on their back with like this power ball in their hands. Like everything is so unique and so well thought out of thought out and just feels so tangible almost for a CGI movie. And even in the second one, like the second one from the moment it starts with that big monster fight, it's just so visually unique Mm -hmm. and just colorful and just the palette is awesome. It's just, it doesn't feel like a mess of, of CGI like Ant-Man Quantumania kind of did. It's Mm -hmm. like, it's like done similar, but better. (laughs) (laughs) A way that's interesting that you actually like want to engage with. Cause there were, there were definitely times like when we were on Ego's planet that I was looking at this and I was like, this is like the quantum realm, right? They just wanted to go kind of super over the top and extra with the CGI and just kind of make it look crazy. But I like cared and I wanted to be there. I don't like like it. Yeah. It looked more interesting to me than like in the quantum realm where it's just like, I don't know. You get to a point where you're just like, I'm, just kind of looking at like there's too much. Yeah. There's just too much going on. Whereas like, I was actually really surprised by, especially for even the first one, I was like, man, the, the visual effects still hold up pretty well, mm-hmm. yeah. especially for, you know, I mean, this whole thing's in space, but mm-hmm. somehow like it looks pretty believable where, you know, with some stuff like we mentioned, like, you know, CGI doesn't look super great or you just like the quantum realm, like it's just so weird. And this is so much of it that it's kind of like, Dull, dulls it and you don't yeah. you're like I don't know what I'm supposed to be like feeling like what am I supposed to be looking at and caring yeah, at yes. or thinking is weird or something like that 
I don't know. Um, <clears throat> do you have some? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, so this is one that can kind of span across both, obviously, but we've talked about the the chemistry of these characters, one of the things that makes us love these movies so much. We've talked about the villains, we've talked about CGI, everything like that. Let's talk about one of the other things that really makes the Guardians of the Galaxy kind of stand out from everything else, the music and the nice. soundtrack. Right. So obviously it's based in these, you know, old in the older music because it's what, you know, Peter had, what he came from Earth from and everything like that. And there's so many different musical moments we can touch on. I kind of want to, I guess, just kind of start that conversation because I'm sure there will be more to talk about music wise with which opening sequence did you like more? So there's the one with come and get your love with Peter dancing before he goes to get the orb in the first one. And in the second one, um, Mr. Blue sky while they fight like the rainbow octopus looking monster while baby Groot dances. For me, Peter Quill dancing hands down. That's an iconic scene that they have referenced over yeah. and over again throughout the series, like jumped back to, I, yep. what one, what one was it recently? I, well, on Endgame they do. Is it Endgame where they go yeah, back they, and you can actually back hear him the, singing the and past, it's like yeah. really bad? <laughs> okay, so he's an idiot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so good. <laughs> I'll be contrarian and say, I mean, I think I would probably agree with that, but I will say I really like the, the one where they fight the, like the giant monster just because I was thinking like in another movie you would just be focused on like, them fighting the monster, but instead you're focusing on Groot like dancing the whole time, and you're kind of seeing all the stuff happen in the background, which makes it more more of a fun, like enjoyable, different fight yeah, than like yeah. just seeing you know just seeing them just oh they're here they go they're attacking it on the side. You're actually seeing Groot like do all this stuff, and then you see him like fly around, Gail getting like getting like beat up by the monster. Like I thought that was just like super fun. I thought it was clever that one talking about. By the way, I thought so. Really quickly, I have to say, this is like asking me to straddle something and choose a favorite child. Like, here's Solomon, you're like, take the child, cut it in two. Um, it's harder than the baby group, baby Yoda question. It is for me. And here's why. It's because that first one was what, like, established Peter Quill for me. Kind of, like, had, like, because you kind of see him, like, doing his dance and stuff like that. And then he meets up with kind of, like... The people who like he's like they call me Star Lord like Star Lord like kind of like they confused but the music so like good call I'm bringing up music but in the second one like it's already established and all they're doing is just kind of like building off the quirkiness of it but through Baby Groot's lens so the first one is through Peter Quill's lens and the second one is through Groot's like little group and I'm gonna go with like to be honest with you I'm gonna jump on your ship here and say the second one is better but the first one is just what I think of if I think of Guardians of the Galaxy intro. Boo, that one. The first one is definitely iconic, right? And it sets the tone for the movie and for the whole franchise in so many ways, right? Because you do have, because, you know, it starts and you get to see his mother and all that stuff. And then he gets captured by aliens. And then it feels almost like kind of like a normal Marvel movie where you start and it's so dark. And he goes to this planet and he's like, oh, what was it looking like before? Where am I going? And it's literally... Not just like the feeling, but it's literally dark on this planet and raining and stuff like that. And then he gets in there, pops on the headphones, hits the lockman, and then that title sequence comes up. And it just goes, it is iconic. I'm going to go with the second. I'll see you then, Ice. The second one is just, yes, because we have all of these characters and they're doing an opening credit sequence, right? 
where they're like showing different people who are doubling who or whatnot, blah, blah, blah. And it is just so fun to see them doing what they do for work and see that even though it's serious, they take like what they do so like lightly at the same time, like when Ron gets there before, right? And in case like, I'm setting this up so we can listen to dudes while we work. Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then yes, just Gordon to beat it. But like you said, but the camp is so important to beat her. He's like, I did not agree <laughs> But and then you know, group puts it together, and yeah, I love that you have everything going on in the background, and you also have just like their cute little interactions. That even though they're like literally the life or death situation, <laughs> you know, go more and she's like, group, get out of the way, you're ready to kill. Hi, <laughs> and it's like so cute, and it just establishes like. With the music, because I love that song. I'm back. Mr. Blue Sky Save on the title playlist and whatnot. It's so fun, so upbeat. And so I just love that you, you're just like watching that scene. And even though the action is there and it's cool or whatnot, you're just watching Baby Groove and he has adorable. I've talked about that. Watching him dance while he's all the way on the background. And it just sets the tone perfectly for, all right, we're back. Like Guardians 2, it's here. Like super, super fun. I remember seeing that and it was like, oh, yes. But. I don't want it to be like, yes, like we voted three to one. It's so much better. Like it's the first one is obviously definitely iconic. Like you mentioned, they reference it back over and over again. These are two of the the biggest like musical moments from the movies, but there's also definitely like so much more. The, the movie, the movies lay in so much on that. I, I even read that um, for certain scenes, they gave the actors earpieces so that they could listen to the music cues while they were acting the scenes out. I don't know which specifically was and this this is IMDB trivia so I'm taking it well but it's that's one I, yeah. I feel like the James Gunn wrote the songs in the script and planned on using the specific ones. The music in these and, and thank you for bringing that up Josh it's just it, it, it's significant to the success of the movie I would say almost like 100%. yeah like you if like think about this imagine this movie with a completely different soundtrack would feel kind of like you would still like the the chemistry and whatnot of the characters, but then it would kind of just get like kind of very generic action. Yeah. You know, when you're doing all that stuff, when they're fighting above the city and cherry bombs playing and stuff, it just gives it that kind of upbeat vibe, even though they're fighting for that. It feels a little more light. When Ego and Peter are fighting and they're, it's the Fleetwood Mac song, like it could be so, it could be like a completely different kind of like tall and stuff if it was like a Man of Steel soundtrack or something, but it's like, we're not dissing the menace. No, no, no. We're not. Huh, we're, I would never. That actually brings me to my point that I was going to bring up a little while ago. Is that it, at least it, it surprised me rewatching this how much killing and violence they can get away in this movie for a, for a Marvel movie. Like, I just, I, Quantumania is on my mind because it's the last Marvel movie I watched. But like, I feel like in every one of these movies lately, it's just been all of these minions are like a faceless robot or a faceless or a mindless alien. And like these heroes can't kill anyone. So they give them just like a throwaway type of thing that they got just like can it water away. This movie does not do this. Like Yondu and Rocket straight up butcher the Ravagers. <laughs> and they do that with the most happy upbeat music. And I think that's why they can kind of get a win with it in this like, like any other movie, that would have been a very serious, like crazy, like look at how many people these so-called heroes are destroyed, are killing, but it's doing this healthy thing and they're not quite heroes. They're kind of like in the gray area, so it's okay. Just look at the comparison with what they did, right? When the Ravagers and Taser face of one hot kind of the over the steps. 
and whatever. It's this whole dramatic scene where they set one out into space and then they pan over and it's like, oh my gosh, they've killed like 15 of these people or whatever. It's so dramatic and sad because they've taken over. And then it's like, you do a rocket escape. And you're like, if you're thinking like, if you're mainly like the number of lives lost or whatever, okay, they killed some of them. And then, you know, Yondu and Rocket are next. So like another two or something like that. And then they just, with the happy song playing, and because they're the people that were following this movie, kill hundreds and hundreds of like the other people. And it's just like, yeah. Uh, I had one, one last thing to throw out on the maturity of this movie that surprises me is that uh, like, straight up when you go to the ravagers little hangout it's a it's a brothel and the first shot of yondu and Gre- <laughs> zipping up his pants with his shirt off with a bunch of like what here's in the back of the on the dark and and they got away with this and i'm saying well there's that joke with the ego or where was it the penis joke yeah the pita joke <laughs> i was like wow i did not and for i don't remember seeing watching this like when i looked at the movie theater and see I don't remember this whole conversation. So the, this isn't a theatrical release anymore. I'm Disney Plus. This is the James Gunn special. He just put in as much as he could. They're like, just, just do your thing. And so I love about these though. It's like, I feel like he actually had control. This is before the, 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 the machine absorbed these directors. You know, the, these both are James Gunn movies. And he can just you can do it. You can see it. Like, he just got away with so much. And possibly fingers the Guardians 3. He's able to do the same thing. And um, I hope so. I agree. Well, I have some questions for you guys, all three of you. So, who is your favorite character in the Guardians of the Galaxy? Peter Quill. Why? I just think he's funny as I. I love Chris Pratt. I think. I think uh, he's childish but lovable. Um, he's stupid but not. Not. He's not stupid when he needs to be. Yeah, stupid but to call him like. He's very funny and slapsticky, but like he. He's also just very immature. This ain't out name, but he's very, but like he's good at what he does. It's not like he's just like his buffoon kind of person. That I kind of respect that too. Yeah, like the good mix of like serious but funny, and like not too serious. I don't know. But if I if I if I could like choose like find a loophole or whatever, like Peter and Rocket together are my my favorite. It hosts like them a little bit. Yeah, their 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 relationship, their interactions, the way they talk to each other, the way that they really love each other but I, I don't see as much in these movies but again let me reference that podcast like they love each other but they're both like the way that they show it is very like by making fun of each other and by being like jerks to each other but in the end they're just like can that get in love and a little bit of that in the second movie especially like at the beginning with the whole like battery stuff but yeah i would say probably rocket raccoon just because he's so like outside of peter quill i feel like he's like the most he has the most, like, interesting, and we're obviously going to get tongue his backstory in the new movie, because I can map out kind of what they're all betting on there. But just, like, how kind of layered he is, and how, I don't know, like, it's so interesting, especially just seeing how he interacts with with everyone, and kind of, you know, even when, it, something that I thought was interesting, because I always forget, like, oh yeah, when Groot dies in the first movie, it's a new Groot in the second movie, so he's kind of, like, takes on a little bit of, like, the the parenting role there and like this him being rocket you know it's like a very kind of coarse parent very weird parenting type thing and i don't know i just i think it's awesome and also he also he's also in a the car the carnage the galaxy brian i don't know if you guys ever done the the one at disneyland it is fantastic he's like the main he's in like the main queue for for, for when you get into the ride and stuff like he's 
like talks directly to the audience and stuff and kind of was like the main the main like uh, antagonist for like the plan basically basically all the guardian like caught in the collector's thing and rocket it breaks through and, and does the stuff and gets like the music going and so it uh, he's just a fun a very fun character well my i think those two is like kind of the ones that i was juggling between in my mind because star lord obviously he really just does it was the role I think that like Chris Pratt really is like meant to play in the MCU and kind of just in general, honestly. Like Chris Pratt, he just does this like hilarious, somewhat dumb, but smart when he needs to kind of character who has that depth and emotionality, but is really also kind of superhero-y. And I love it. And then Rocket, you guys already said pretty much everything. The only thing I wanted to add is just Bradley Cooper really just takes it to the next level, right? And it's so funny that they do the voice acting and stuff, but then they also kind of used the facial um, kind of sensors or whatever to kind of help with the animation from what he does because he is such a hilarious actor, both with his voice and also visually and facially, bodily, expressively. Expect like physically, he's like a good physical actor as well. And I'm glad that they can also use that for a character that's basically all CGI because he is so funny. And I feel like. It's all just Catbird. Like, we love Drax, and I do love, like, I don't think I put her up there as, like, my favorite character, but I feel like the addition of Mantis is also just perfect. Into Guardians in the second one, she had the fitting right in. She has a nice new dynamic that's able to go on with the character. It's, it's perfect because it could have been, I feel like that could have been really bad. Like, you had something that works and try to get, like, another character in there. It can be, like, kind of sketchy. It's great. Did you, have you seen the videos of where Bradley Cooper is acting out and like yeah, already speaking? Those are probably some of my favorite behind the scenes um, of like a, an anime character. I think they're a ton of fun. All right, my final question is: What is your favorite? Yeah. Oh, so now, Groot. Stop! It is Groot. Groot is my favorite. It's just I wasn't asking. I you could see a That's why I said stop. Sorry. No, no, no. I know that you do though, because you know me so well when it comes to these things. Because I, I just like the simplicity of him. Like he's nothing too flashy, and like the comedic value of Groot is great because he's not like. And I know that we've talked a lot about like Drax, right? How stupid his comedy is, but like literally, like. He's so, like, literal of the thing. Go do this. Go try and figure this out. And if he doesn't fully understand, like, it's, like, uh, it's funny. And then the second one, when he's baby group, he's like, I need you to go get me that bed. And he brings back a thumb. He does all these things. I don't know. The longer we get to see Groot grow into this new thing, I didn't know that he was a completely new group, by the way. So very cool. Very cool fact. Um, but, yeah, no. My favorite. And then I honestly would also add in that I really liked Gamora. As a, as a whole, like, I thought the, the, the Gamora thing, like, especially when you realize in the second movie when Gamora and Nebula are fighting down inside of Ego, and she's like, I was a child, too. Like, this is something, like, you don't realize that you're you're plagued by fear in that way. And it, it's, it's very cool, like, the depth of those two, and I think that's why um, people like that was a character. She plays a great straight man for Peter Quill, too. Yeah. Like whenever he's dropping these references and she's like, I don't know what you're saying. I don't understand what cheers is. Yeah. And we're talking about David Hasselhoff, a little bit of Alabama, so fun in it. We're just like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> she's like dry, literally. Here, that's what I don't I'm Crazy how much I buy into their their relationship. Oh, yeah. And in, in, like, I don't even, you don't even see it. Well, like, no, I guess it is uh, the second one that it really evolves and they open up to each other, but. From the get go in the second one, like I guess, and, and I guess it establishes in the first one too, and they have their pelvic sorcery moments. <laughs> like 
I just, I buy into this too. Again, going back to your chemistry thing, like, it's always Saldana and Chris Pat Pratt have chemistry together. I yeah. Need it. The whole, um, just some unspoken thing joke, and then it kind of ends up being more serious that runs throughout the whole second movie is just like, just one of those things, right? And it could be like so, like, cheesy, and it is kind of cheesy or whatever, but it's like, it just really works for them and it really makes you feel it and the different ways that they use it from going from it to being a joke to more serious as it's the end of the movie they do really play well off of each other and which is why you know i kind of root so hard for you know the third one for it all to be did it out now do you have you know different universe gomorrah is back and doesn't really know him and you like want it back right you're missing that and stuff like that is the mcu doing it too much you got chris pratt and the way Saldana, yeah, Star-Lord and Gamora, and then you've got, you know, Spider-Man, and then everybody, maybe it's all, oh, so yeah, so I never thought about that. But it's like, basically, it's like, it's losing their memory. Yeah. Oh, man. But, but it's, it's because it's interesting, right? Like, oh, no, would the person that you fell in love with still fall in love with you again? Like, something like that. Like, if it wasn't done so well, it could definitely feel very, like, I, now, just like, chew copy pasta. Yeah, yeah. So... I like them. Also, really quickly, I want to talk about Nebula really quick. And it's something we we haven't podcasted about in movies before. But Karen Gillian, I think is her name. Gillian. Gillian. She actually shaved her head for the role of Nebula, which I think is hilarious. And then according to the IMDb, Marvel Studios subsequently turned her shaved hair into a wig and presented to her as a gift, which she still keeps under the day. Um, okay, my final question would be, right, the collector. We're introduced to the collector. We haven't really talked about the collector very much in this. But if if you recall what you saw within the collector's kind of collection, is there anything or anyone you saw in there that like was like a standout to you that you remember from the first time you saw it or that you've seen it since we watched it and you're like, oh, that was really cool. Well, since we watched it, there's Cosmo, right? The challenge with to give that was in um, the holiday special and then it's also going to be a pretty big part of the third one was like a cool like originally just like an easter egg sort of thing the costos of the uh the ride too where the he's in the queue for the guardians ride at lizzie lab it's kind of cool we get like leaks and stuff that looks like a cool dog what about you vince howard the duck man who be in how it's a freaking duck was it this is what makes me the saddest about james gunn going to dc i want james gunn to do a howard the duck or even like do the, you know how they're doing the holiday special and the, uh, what is it, Murder by Night or Werewolf by Night, you know, those like special one hour Disney Plus things. I would love for him to do a Howard the Duck one hour special of just, I, I don't know what the story would be. Let him run. Let him do his thing. A crass, drunk duck <laughs> grabbing around, like a murder mystery, like no harm movie. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, Howard the Duck is my favorite in that. Nice. What about you? Uh, I I really should have looked more closely. The one, the only one that really stuck out to me was like when the his assistant. I don't remember her name, but she was like right standing right in front of like the the his former assistant, and then on the other side was like the dark elf from that uh, like the one movie that nobody really likes. But I thought was okay. Yeah. I love for the dark world. Okay, I was land by that villain. So. That's cool. No problem. And I thought it was funny, like, he mentioned this being, like, a dark health, and you're just, like, stuck in this two thing for, what, her eternity. Yeah. I really like the collector's stuff. All the things you guys talked about. I love the dog. Love Howard the Duck. I did notice the dark elf as well. 
I don't really have a favorite. I just like the collector of the whole, and I love the actor who plays the collector. I think he does so well with it. And I wish, honestly, I know that we see him in a second. But I think we see him in something else. Something. What's the other one? Same man. He's 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 in he's in Infinity War, but it's like yeah, a projection of him or something. Like yeah, kind of like a Thanos thing. But yeah. yeah, there's something about him again where we see him. But I really want to see more of him. That's all I want to say. Look, do his little hand, the little hand. Yeah, the little hand thing. Or the, or he sees the infinity stuff and he gets all excited. They all come. I'd have out. <laughs> no, I, I don't know, but like, I just really like the character as a whole. I would love just an event to go in there and go check stuff out. Like, like I want to wander into the wrong place and just wander around that because it's like, it's like when you go antiquing, but antiquing for some really weird stuff. Um, but anyhow, I, I don't have anything else to talk about, really. I'm sad that James Gunn is leaving the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I think that, honestly, that's a loss for Marvel and a gain for DC, to be honest with you. Um, but any closing remarks on these films and your desired outcome for the third movie? Um, I'm going to start with Vince. Um, I guess uh, just ratings. IMDb gave the first one an 8, and the second one a 7.6. Audience gave it a... Guardians won. Critics and audience gave it 92%. Liked it. Letterboxd gave it a 3.8. Guardians 2. Critics and audience gave it about 85 from 87. Letterboxd gave it a 3.5. I think I think that those are low for the Letterboxd scores personally. I have. I've had to if they stopped. If I'd be watching it today, if they watched it today, like volume two, you know, like they're probably giving like a higher score because I feel like a lot of the other data they now watch it now. Um, for me, as far as like final thoughts and then going into the third one definitely interested to see how much of a role the sovereign play in the next one because obviously you have that post-grad scene or whatever where she's like oh elizabeth debecky which who i love by the way uh now she's like oh paul and adam and adam well i probably did any of the part of the next movie one not i'm just interested to see if it'll be just kind of like him or because she just kind of has this eternal grunge where she's been trying to kill him for forever now because braga's total batteries and just evolved from that. And so I'm interested to see because I looked up and it could have just been because it was just on Google, right? It wasn't like an official cast list, but I looked up and I think I saw that it said Elizabeth Debicki was still in the third one. Yeah, it seems like it seems like they're hinting at least like there's going to be some sort of connection there because from what they Jameson said is like, like uh, at Adam Warlock's basically going to be like a, like, I don't not like an infant or something, but he's like basically like a, pretty new to the world and kind of like learning stuff. So I imagine the Sovereign's probably going to be in it. I don't know how much long, but. So I'm interested to see that. I'm mostly just excited for the third one, but I also can get overhyped by trailers a lot. But just that music too. I mean, that song has just been in my head ever since that trailer dropped. Just, I'm excited. And I really just hope that it's a excellent. I really just hope they kind of, because it seems like even though it's still in phase whenever of the MCU, it seems like they kind of just said, okay, Guardians is still part of this, but James Gunn, you've done good. People like your movies. I just hope they gave him, even though we are in kind of like a locked thing for the directors, like we got to follow certain whatevers, I really hope they kind of just gave him the keys and gave him more leeway than they probably would other directors. If I, I Guardians is bad, you're chalked. True. I feel like, yeah, because really... Like this and the Marvels, there's not a lot of. Well, I don't see people seem pretty excited about Secret Evasion, so maybe you know that could help win people over. But I do feel like everyone's kind of 
a little bit underwhelmed by like like Ant Man and all that stuff. For me, like especially watching these movies, like I forgot how much just like I love the Guardians of the Galaxy just in general and how like and I even just the, the like the event like Infinity War and stuff like a lot of my favorite parts were with them and with you know where they like hanging on the Spider Man Dark Street and stuff. So I'm super excited just to see how just how how it ends because it definitely feels like they're marketing it as like the end of this and like James Gunn's even on which I oh there's few directors I do like on Twitter you're like okay you're probably just gonna hype up your movie because you think it's good but I feel like for the most part with the way the James Gunn's talked about this movie and talked about even like DC movies like I kind of trust his view on it and he feels like really strong about this movie so and I would probably trust James Gunn like if he thinks that it's gonna be like a per, like a really good ending for for the Guardians of War of the characters, like I'd put my faith in that. Not obviously not overhyping it because you know, you, no matter what, if you overhype anything, like it's not gonna live up to what you want. I concur. I got nothing more to say really. I think that the first two movies are some of my favorite Marvel films and. I love that James Gunn is going out with a trilogy and it's not going to be too extended. I I feel like a lot of directors, they will live off of that clout. But we can ride this wave. Maybe he had planned to do more movies. I don't know. But doing it as a trilogy with the original director, overall the original cast, I think is a smart move. And I'm excited to see what this movie does. I am piped. And I want to see Rocket the Raccoon's backstory. So that's, that's it for me. Anything else you guys want to bring up? Or should we bring this chapter to a close? No, just uh, thanks to anyone. If you made it this far, that's a real <laughs> dedication. And we really appreciate you listening to the podcast with the Russian on YouTube, Spotify, or anywhere else. We really appreciate it. And if you could turn YouTube, give the video a like. Um, it just helps us, you know, try to... We're getting close to that 500. Yeah, exactly. But we're just 69 bill subscribers, and we're just... We're just having fun doing it. You know, it's always been about fun first before everything, but we do really enjoy that we're kind of, you know, growing a little bit. And so we appreciate anyone who takes the time, whether you don't really know us or whether you're family and friends, just wanted to we give you guys a shout and we say truly thank you. Yeah, and hit us up in the comments if there's a movie you guys want us to talk about. Yes, it got to be fun. Or if you want to be here on the podcast with us, like we have, you know, you saw Michael on our last podcast. We got Tyler here. We love having people come be on the podcast because it gives us new points of view and people, you know, you can kind of be like a subject matter expert. I'll call you that. Like, it's crazy to me, like, to be honest with you, that we, and I've talked about this before a little bit, that we just started this podcast kind of on a whim. We just wanted to do it. When saw Brightburn as our first movie. And now here we are years later, just like still having fun, still getting together, having guests on. So really, thank you for coming. Thank you for participating. Vince, thank you again for setting up the, the the studio and doing all this. Like it's amazing. And Josh, thank you as always for your insider knowledge on everything and your point of view. I appreciate it. And I want to thank me for just being here. That's great. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> but anyhow, guys, once again, thank you so much for the 469 of you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you. If you're listening to us anywhere else, thank you. I give you two thumbs up. And in conclusion. Thank you for joining us at the Buzz Red Blade Podcast. We'll catch you again next time.